Welcome to Fragmental. Uh, an amusing take on random topics. Hey, we had such a good thing going on that last episode, we decided to make two episodes at it. So let's keep talking about Lollapalooza. All right, so let, let's talk Lala. Yep. So how many what times you have you gone? So if I'm recalling this correctly, from the period of roughly 2010... Oh uh, no, 2009 up until last year I'd only missed one Lollapalooza. Wow. Yeah, I'd gone pretty much every year um with the exception of one year uh and uh you know two reasons why obviously I'm a great lover of music. It's in a beautiful city of Chicago. Um, and I get to see one of my really great buddies, Jose, uh, you know, one of our former coworkers that, uh, yeah. that lives out in that area. So it's, uh, I get a lot of benefit from going to this show and, um, we've, we've gone for many years, man. So it was, uh, it, it, heck, even I met some new coworkers where I'm at now that, uh, we've made some plans to, uh, hang out uh, this year's edition of Lollapalooza before it was uh, unceremoniously disposed. But yeah, man, it's, it's been a lot of, a lot of years. That's awesome. What so being there all those years, um, what's the best performance you've seen? Uh, hands down. down. Oh, okay. There no, go. I, I got one. I got one, man. Um, my favorite performance uh, was for, by a band named Arcade Fire. Oh yeah. Um, they they have a song. Or first of all, they just did a tremendous set. I believe, if I recall correctly, it was 2010 was the was the year that they that I'm referencing, and. Um, they they played a tremendous set ended on a song called wake up right and and wake up as a uh, just a great great big rock anthem uh where you know there's a slow part that gradually builds and it just bursts into euphoria here in the final like you know 30 to 40 seconds of it and uh massive sing-along and you know kind of ties back to what we were talking about earlier with regards to a sing-along and um you know, so they end their show, right? And uh, just like many great and just a massive festivals, you got 400,000 people on this on, on at Grant Park. It, it's difficult to get them all out of the park. So what do you do? You open every single entrance and let them pour into the streets of Chicago. And, and what made this performance so powerful was not just the performance itself over the course of an hour and a half, hour 45. It was it was the impact on the, the crowd afterwards. Um, again, wake up. This song has a tremendous sing along part and it's almost like a lullaby where just everyone, it's not even really words. You're just humming and, and you know, That's shouting. And it's that, beautiful. The, the, uh, there you go. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. Great song. Great, so we are, song. so hundreds of thousands of people are pouring into the streets of Chicago. Um, and they are singing that part over and over again. You can hear it echo for blocks just people refusing to let go of the high of the moment. And for seriously, 20 straight minutes, there is wave upon wave of Lollapalooza concert goers still singing along as we all walk to our various cars, the Metro, et cetera, to get to where we're going next. People are so, so wrapped up in the euphoria of the moment that they just refuse to let it be. And then and, and just keeps going and going and going. It was such a tremendous like magical moment to see as again, you know, you take this massive city and it's completely, you know, that, that block or, you know, those blocks around Grand Park are shut down and just waves of people walking and singing. Just beautiful. Tremendous. You won't beat it. It, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. That oh, yeah. Awesome. 
that was that that i mean to me that's hands down i've, I've seen that other uh, you know there's some very entertaining ones right like um as i think of, of of other artists that i was like wow like that was uh that was interesting. I think a more recent one um, for for the kids. You know, I know you have a big millennial um, listener base. Oh, uh, it's, it's our ba- <laughs> it is absolutely our base. Yes, <laughs> with uh, some inroads to Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> uh, La, uh, Lizzo, Lizzo for the people uh, in twenty eighteen. Not a Lizzo fan. So, as many are aware, she she she's had a big run here within the last year and a half, right? And in 2018, she was on one of these side stages, right? And I think that's the beauty of Lollapalooza. You have these massive stages that are meant for 150,000 people, but but you can discover some really great artists at these smaller stages. Um, some some are literally tense, man. You can't fit more than you know, I don't know, a thousand people max, right? Just small, you know, smaller tents. Uh, in some cases, even a few hundred people, and so. You know, part of the joy of Lollapalooza is you wander around stage to stage, you, you make your plan for the day, uh, but in the true spirit of music and spontaneity, you might see something that catches your eye or a sound that says, you know what, I want to go stick around at this stage. And so Lizzo, um, I had never heard of her. And just m- much like in the way I just, you know, we just talked about Gary Clark, right? You, you don't have to love her. You don't have to hate her. But, um, you know, just somebody that for the 45 minutes, man, just took you to a whole different place. And uh, Lizzo, I can't imagine, had a massive following walking into that show. Uh, but by the end, you know, and she's got 30,000, 40,000 people just dancing their asses off, loving every second of what she's doing up there. So that, that's more of a more recent one. Um, that right up there with as far as just pure impact, and this is kind of cheesy, Bruno Mars, man. Um, yeah. Oh, Bruce, that's awesome. I mean, he's talented. Oh, he's talented. Oh, my God. Yeah. You yeah. talk about transcending. Like, that guy touched everybody in a very safe and chaste way um, (laughs) over an hour and 45. And you're just seeing fields of people, regardless of race, creed, gender, just dancing, having the time of their lives, man. So, I mean, that, that was pretty, pretty, pretty nice here within the last few years as well. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, you know what? I mean, cause he really hasn't, came out with anything in the last few years. I forgot. Cause like, even when he did the Super Bowl, I mean, he's a hell of a performer. Yeah. Good voice. Yeah, I mean, he plays yeah, several instruments too, right? I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, the guy just absolutely. I mean, he can dance, he can sing, he can play multiple instruments. Um, you know, getting back to his singing, I mean, dude's always coming correct. Um, and just you know, you know, Dave, you'd mentioned earlier about just that pure energy, right? I mean, that, yeah. that dude's got it. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I've I think the when he was on like the the Grammys or something like that. And, and he did something, I mean, you just, I mean, you're getting jacked up and energized, like watching him on TV. So the live show is just that much more. I mean, you're, you're physically there, so you can really kind of pick up all that energy. So yeah, I, I, I can totally see that. Oh, Paul McCartney was great because you just don't know how much longer you're going to have Sir Paul. Um, and that was, I want to say four or five years ago, maybe a little longer than that. Um, but he came through, did Lollapalooza. Um, and you know how can you how can you turn down enjoying uh, enjoying a Beatle? I I don't certainly don't think his voice is very strong anymore. Uh, but you know, you know he's like one hundred and five, isn't he? Uh, I agree. Mean, the, the dude's... <laughs> right, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Fucking Ringo's gonna outlast them all. <laughs> isn't that isn't that hilarious? That yeah, it is Beatles... hilarious. Is like he's got all he's he's the one that got shit on the most, and he's gonna be the last one. You know, I've I've, I've had this conversation with people before. How crazy is it that that all the Beatles 
have either died or, I mean, aged relatively gracefully, whereas the Rolling Stones, who did every drug, had sex with anything that moved, have been able to stay together and still tour across the world at this time frame. I mean, it's crazy, right? Like, it just it just boggles the mind. I mean, the, the flip side of that's like Motley Crue. I mean, look at those motherfuckers. I mean, they're still going. They're all still alive, and they were snorting ants on the fucking sidewalk on, on a bat. They were know, injecting so. liquor. <laughs> like, yeah. literally injecting it. They're dying and coming back from death and still playing. Fair. Hey, well I don't played. get it. Ozzy Osbourne. There's another one. I mean, yeah. some of those guys. That fucking. I mean, yeah. they're just. I think they're just preserved. There's so many chemicals in them. It's just like the body's like I can't fucking do anything. I'm just. I'm trapped in all this on this all those chemicals. Agreed. I can't age. That's so. Fair. I got to ask at Lollapalooza because I've seen it on TV and look pretty cool. How about my uh, my boy Modest Yahoo? Does he put, does he put on a good show? <laughs> Modest Yahoo. So what was interesting about Modest Yahoo? Said if I recall correctly, I might have to look it up. Um, is first of all, I have I have seen Modest Yahoo open for others. Um, gosh, I cannot recall. It wasn't Dashboard Confessional. Um, but <laughs> thank God, <laughs> Jesus. No, he's he's not that emotional. <laughs> Modest Yahoo did open up for another artist, and it's it's just destroying me now to not remember it. Um, but Modest Yahoo's not bad, dude. That guy's super talented. Um, it's just I remember the last time the the last time I saw him at Lollapalooza, they put him on one of those like weird like two thirty in the afternoon sets on like a Saturday. So it's hot as shit, and so people oh, are like, man. "Fuck it, Modest Yahoo." No. <laughs> I'm good. Modest Yahoo. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the, like the most notables, right? You asked me about good ones, man. Uh, a, a lol, uh, sorry, LCD sound system. I don't know if anybody here is a, is a fan of, of, of those guys. That's what I, uh, I can think of the name. I can't picture the, the group though. It's very much uh, dance music. Um, no, pro- not oh, with yeah. a name like that. Oh, all <laughs> right. LCD kind of sound of... system. How could yeah, one, exactly. how could, how could I one, would, I was uh, thinking it was like classical or something. Yeah, oh, Chance the Rapper in 2013, if I recall correctly, he played a very small... You talk about, you know, again, you talk about watching artists progress. Um, Chance the Rapper started his Lollapalooza run, despite now being a multi-platinum, very famous artist in the hip-hop community. Um, He played a stage that was meant for no more than 3,000 people in 2013. Um, oh, wow. Being from Chicago, yeah, just, from Chicago, yeah, and, and same thing. Uh, well, not same thing, but Lady Gaga. We talked about her earlier. She played that same stage a couple years before that. So you see these massive, massive artists on these really small stages, and, and the, the stages are meant for three thousand. But you know, these side stages just don't get a lot of love. So it's you and like really, you know, five hundred other people, um, just just trying to figure out if you like this person or not, or this artist or this band a lot, uh, enough. And, and certainly careers can take off and it just completely you know, changes the, the gamut on it. So um, it, it just know, seems like, I tough. mean, that's definitely a show I want to go to because like you're saying you get, so you've seen Paul McCartney there. Then you've seen these little rinky dink acts. Nobody's heard of that three years later are like the biggest name in pop music. Right. I remember you telling me once, um, Oh, what's the dude's name? He's like, you said like he's the biggest right now. He's got the tattoos all over his face. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> um, oh, um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, Post he's Malone. The, he's pretty big as oh, well. Oh, dude, uh, fucking Post, Post Malone. Malone. Just absolutely. You want to talk about the biggest crowd I've ever seen at Lollapalooza? Ever, ever, ever. 
for any artist, which is mind blowing. We just talked about like I've seen Green Day there. I've seen uh, you know, Sir Paul McCartney, uh, Lady Gaga, Bruno Mars, Massive Axe, Arcade Fire, etc. And you would think these are multi-platinum, well-respected, critically acclaimed acts. No, no one, even Travis Scott, who everyone, you know, especially now younger people love. No one has had a huger crowd than fucking Post Malone. Um, it was, I mean, it was literally shoulder to shoulder so far back that you couldn't even see the stage. It was what I would have imagined um, Woodstock to be like. If you were somehow in the very final row of what Woodstock, you know, as a festival would have been like, there's no way you're seeing anything. Um, and, and same thing, dude. I could barely see the freaking screen in which he's uh, playing on. And just the, you know, the crowd is just having the time of their lives, man. It was wild. But yeah, freaking Post Malone. So, I mean, um, not a massive not Post a, fan myself, but yeah. I tell you what, yeah. dude put a, you know, obviously brought the peeps. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm just exactly like you said, I'm not a fan, but I, look, everybody else seems to think he's talented. He's not for me, but I, I respect it. And uh, just like you said, but for that kind of atmosphere, I think you, you how can you not enjoy that show? Oh, agree. Oh, Even absolutely. Even if you're like, oh, this music fucking sucks, but look at this fucking party. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was wild, dude. In fact, because I, I mean, I'm you know, maybe it's a generational thing, but I just, I, you know, I just didn't really even know Post Malone, right? I know Mike, you've got kids, so that that influences yeah. a little yeah. bit of what you're exposed to. I really had no idea who this Post Malone cat was. I wander over there, and boy, did I find out quickly. <laughs> um. I guess another question we probably need to wrap up here. Um, so you've seen it over the age uh, over, you know, the last decade or whatever. Um, how has the audience changed? Like, oh, is that, you know, like, that is a yeah. tremendous question. Yeah. Um, so how's that changed? As, as millennials and Gen Z are becoming the majority of that crowd now, what's that like? I, I, the, I think, you know, the differences. Yeah. Well, you know, as, uh, as they once said in days and confused, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> they, you all know the quote I was going with. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the high school quote. They were going with the high school quote. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I wasn't going, I wasn't going to actually recite it, but yes. Yeah, that's exactly, yes. that's, that's the direction. They all point. say the same. As <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll just go with that. Yes. <laughs> so it has changed though. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, so over, over the time period that I've gone to Lollapalooza, um, there has been, they have actually expanded certain stage stages, rather what used to be a smaller stage, the dance and, you know, um, you know, that, that kind of dance music stage, you know, that those kind of areas have actually expanded. Yeah. I mean, it's literally, it's gone from probably 15% of Lollapalooza to 30, 40% of Lollapalooza. And as I've spoken to various people that are roughly within our age group, right. And maybe we're old fogies now, it's actually pushed a lot of people back. Um, you know, you look at what was available as far as headliners last year, right? These are your true headliners meant to entertain at least 200,000 people per stage. And, and you're looking at Ariana Grande, Childish Gambino, uh, wow. 21 Pilots, uh, the Chainsmokers, right? Like, it's just a different vibe. It, it, and traditionally in the past, they'd always kind of given a throwback, right? For example, for example, I think two or three years ago, they gave uh, Metallica to the people. 
And, and there's always like a, a night where, you know, oldies but goodies like us can go and still enjoy ourselves in a different way, right? Um, and just really kind of reconnect. Um, and, you know, Vampire Weekend, uh, Jack White, just 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 artists that we've kind of either grown up with or enjoyed over the last 10 to 15 that are coming back and still viable. Those are kind of disappearing and in uh, being replaced by uh, various, uh, you know, dance, uh, you know, dance acts and, and, and just a different vibe, man. It's it certainly changed. I don't know how it evolves going from here. Right. Um, certainly I get from a from a concert promoter perspective, you've got to, prom- to promote yourself to folks that are going to buy tickets. And you also are at the mercy of who's touring, right? Let's say, you know, I don't, you know, we've talked about a lot of great bands tonight, but how many of those bands are really touring every year? No, you're right. So a, yeah, I mean, some it's of definitely those bands changed. don't have yeah, some of those bands don't have a lot left in them either. You know, so they, they may have one or two arena tours left in them, and they're they're probably you know kind of coming to the end of the run. Bingo. Um, so it's been interesting, right? Because. I felt like when I started this uh, kind of annual sojourn over the last 10, 11 years, I felt like I, I fit in just fine. Still kind of like in the middle to the older section of it over the last, you know, maybe few years, it's been like, okay, uh, sir, I'm not looking at your daughter. Um, she just <laughs> happens to be in my field of view. I am, I'm here as a concert goer. Hello, young children. Um, and, uh, yeah. so on. So it's just been a different environment. That's funny. Ugh. It's crazy. Yeah, dude. Uh, I, I, I feel like I'm probably sure every generation has gone through this though. Let's be real. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. They I have mean, to. it's just crazy to see cause that, that tour, right. That show has just always like, it, it was so rock heavy in the beginning to see it just completely go away from that almost. And that's not, it's just a sign of the times, but um, it's crazy. Cause when I still hear that, when I hear Lollapalooza, I still think of some of those rock bands from the nineties, early two thousands or some well, of the you classic think of, bands. Well, Perry Farrell. I mean, he's the one that started it. So yeah. you, you go back to all of that. I didn't realize he started that Jane's addiction, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Does. Jane's addiction. Yep. Perry Farrell. In fact, there is a stage called Perry's Stage uh, in honor of the great Perry Farrell. Um, he's still alive. Sure is. You know what's interesting? He he still. I mean, he still performs every year in some shape or form. Oh, yeah. um, what's interesting, I think, maybe just the stage of life he's in, and I've got to assume he's still got kids of a certain age. Maybe not. I know he's been out there. You know, he's not a young man by any shape or form, but he almost always ends up playing the kids' stage. Take that for what you will. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, but yeah, he's he's still out there doing his thing. Yeah, I I listened to some Jane's Addiction back in the day. Dave Navarro, carving mm-hmm. it up. Uh, Dave Navarro, he's right there with Rishi Sambora. He's had some fun. Yeah, Carmen Electra. Yeah, I think he, right there. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> yeah, but Navarro's actually probably held himself together better than than um, Richie. Good point. Navarro's probably doing yoga, Pilates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's more. He's, he was know, a way to... more spiritual guy, right? Compared to yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, when you worship the devil, you can you can <laughs> stay looking like that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. We're trying to wrap up real quick at the end here, but let me ask yeah. you this. I know. If we don't, more... if we don't wrap up, Brittany won't listen because these fucking things are too long for her. So. Well, you could always like... do a two-parter. We could do a multi-episode. Yeah, on this. we. Yeah, we could. But she. But, yeah. Yeah, you know, but no. it sounds like it sounds like she wouldn't listen anyways. 
I, yeah, it's irrelevant if it was 20 minutes or fucking an hour and 45 minutes. So yeah, yeah I think we got, a good gro- we got a good groove, man. What you got? Well, well yeah, my question too. for you guys is, so we've talked about the good stuff, man. What is some of the worst stuff you've seen at a concert or like, what are some of the worst concert experiences you guys have had? Oh God. I try to black those out. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think worst concert. Really? No, no immediate. No, yeah, no, no reaction no, is coming to your mind. Huh? Yeah, wow. nothing's coming to my mind. Nothing. I mean, I'm thinking. Wow. Oh, you know what was you know what was bad? I went and saw. I was a huge Boston fan, like growing up, and they sure. they were they had broken up or whatever at uh, whatever the fuck happened to Boston, and they got back together again. But like the original lineup, and um, I went and saw them in fuck was it Binghamton. We drove down, like my cousin and I went and it was like in some of his college room. I mean, he was, he was in college. Yeah. He was a college roommate. And, uh, we drove down and it was just, the drive was awful. Um, the band wasn't, they were, they weren't that great. And I don't know. It just was, and it was a, it was an okay arena. It was small, but, um, but it's Binghamton too. And like, (laughs) fucking Binghamton. More than a feeling didn't hit the way it used to, huh? It did not. I mean, and I still. I mean, I listen. I mean, it, it comes across my like playlist every now and again. Oh, they it's, still. Have, I, mean, I mean, they still have some all time greats. But well, but and a lot of people don't know this. A lot of the uh, a lot of the technology that's being used today, they like that. Tom, I think his name's Tom Smoltz or something like that, or or something like what are the guitarist guy? He developed like all of that, like some of that technology. So, um, like it's from like amps and and some of the pedals and stuff for. That guitar players use today came came from him. Like he, I think he has like an electrical engineering degree or something like that. So, that's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty nuts that type of stuff. But that's I think that's that what comes to mind is the was is Boston. The, um, that's crazy, Boston. especially it's a band yeah. that you love so much. Clearly, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's why it's disappointing. I mean, maybe that's why it's so bad because you have your high expectations are so high. But um, the first the, the first concert I ever saw was thirty eight. It was thirty eight special. At in Weedsport, New York, which is a racetrack, like they they dirt race there, and um, they had it. I remember the ads, Mike. I don't know if, when you were in Syracuse. They, I don't know if they were still doing it, but they used to have ads on there. It's like it's not summer till they're rocking in Weedsport, and um, that was. I mean, it was my. I think one of my first concerts ever. So maybe that's why it was a good one. But um, but it was like thirty eight special. Yeah, thirty eight special had 30. some good stuff back in the day. Yeah, they were. Um, they were offshoot of uh, family members of Leonard Skinner. I have no idea. That's I'm, see, I'm learning today. They were Van Zants. Some of Whoa. them were Van Zants. Oh, I did not so, know that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Look it up. I'm a wealth of knowledge on the 38 specials. <laughs> <laughs> My first concert ever was the Ohio State Fairgrounds uh, Aerosmith. I want to say like 1987. Oh, they were. They yeah, were. Yeah, so they were still. Yeah, there was still some good stuff then. Yeah. Was that yeah. Love in an Elevator and all that, whatever that album was? That would have been 87, right? Or was that later? Uh, that it, album oh, that's a good question. That, Despite my many, many years of music knowledge, that that, that one escapes me. So for them to I be saw Aeros- that, at that height of their career to be playing at the uh, State Fair, my dad had to have done that show. <laughs> no, seriously, because he would bring really big bands to venues like that. He would give them a crack at it. Um, 
but also it was a guaranteed sellout. So, yeah. you know, that was one thing he knew as a promoter, he knew how to sell it out. And that's the thing he does. He doesn't want to put somebody in a venue that's going to have like today. Right. I mean, even some of the biggest ones, mostly that, that's because of ticket brokers, but you still have empty seats. He, he wasn't putting up with that shit. So that would probably, yeah, sorry to tangent there, but go ahead. I, 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 <laughs> no, you're good. I mean, I saw, it's funny you mentioned Aerosmith. I saw them in London. Um, we were visiting my sister-in-law and they were at a festival in London. Um, my brother-in-law is a huge Joe Bonamassa fan. So he was playing. So we went and saw Joe Bonamassa, but they, they ended the night and still moving, man. That whole, every Steven Tyler's rocking Joe Perry. Wow. Although I was laugh, I was laughing a little bit cause it looked like they were like waking Joe Perry up every now and again. <laughs> but the dude's gotta be 70. I mean, he's, I mean, oh, yeah. at the time he's got it easy. I mean, I'm not joking. I think he's probably, was probably, he's gotta be, it, this is three, four or five years ago. So. He's probably close to 70 at that point. No, there, um, I do believe, yeah, because they were, I mean, that was my dad's heyday as those guys were coming up. So, yeah, um, in the 70s. So, yeah, I mean, they're definitely late 60s, early 70s. Um, yeah, so, but that was interesting that to, to fly all the way to London and see Aerosmith in London at a festival, no less. So, I, I've, I, I've actually seen a concert in London, England. Uh, as opposed to London, Ohio. As opposed to London, Ohio. <laughs> yes. Clarifier for the Central Ohioan. Exactly. At the, uh, at the, um, the Daisy Festival in London, Ohio. Kanye West at the O2. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Does he put he, on a good uh, show? Uh, he used to. I don't know anymore. Right. You know, certainly. No. He. So it was well, interesting. That, so he's uh, got I some of that. It, he's got some of that Kardashian in him now. That's so he's true. All over the board. Recently, I will been say. In some well, you know. Well, there's that. But recently, uh, well, not recently. Within the last uh, five, six years, maybe longer, somewhere in there. I've got to have to look it up. But um, when he came to Columbus last, man, he had a pretty crazy stage set up. It was the show where the entire audience was underneath him, which is probably poetic in some sense. And um, he had a levitating stage that literally traversed the entire arena. So at any point, you could be front row or you could be back of the back of the show, depending on where the stage moved throughout this hour and a half experience. It was wild. Yeah, What's the fucking insurance on that? Oh that my god! <laughs> oh, that's a great. That's a great. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Have, my well, life could have ended right there. As we, as we, exactly. <laughs> as is, we get older, we start thinking about these things. That's why he married the Kardashians, to cover the insurance True. bill. <laughs> exactly. exactly. He's like, you know what? Actually, you know what he's thinking? If I can bang a Kardashian, I can definitely do this levitating stage because I've... I've <laughs> I've, you know, I've met everything that I'm going to meet. So I saw, I saw him in Chicago when he created an, an inside mountain. He brought out a mountain inside of the arena. Um, <laughs> is he, he's, he's from Chicago. Though, he is from yeah. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. So that was a pretty great, great show. It was, uh, uh, it was Kendrick Lamar was his opener. Um, oh, wow. For, wow. for modern hip hop fans, um, yeah. it was Kendrick Lamar as his opener, and he uh, he was of course it was his show, uh, Chicago style, uh, which you know Jardinera uh, peppers on it and everything. And, <laughs> upside and, down, uh, upside down thick that, crust pizza. That, yes, that was that was a joke specifically for Dave. Uh, anyways, yeah. um, and Jardinera, that's awesome. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. But uh, little Portillo, they, did he have any Portillos there as well just, too? Just freaking hot dogs for days. Oh, exactly. <laughs> no, that's his wife. Boom! Yeah, oh, there we go. Oh yeah, there, there we is. are. It all comes full circle. <laughs> 
But um, he actually we'll shit on the Kardashians one way or another. <laughs> he was he had a mountain. He had a freaking mountain on the inside of a freaking arena. And uh, at one point on the show in the show, he's at the top of the mountain, and all of these disciples are coming up the mountain in full like oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, dude, it, literally, you got it. And uh, yeah. yeah, Jesus <laughs> walks. Yeah, yeah. There you go. In, um, was he was he the Christian Jewish uh, Jesus Christ or the or the Jewish Jesus Christ? Great question. Not sure. Uh, indecipherable. Uh, I'm um, probably going to go with the Christian because he's just a prophet to the Jews, so <laughs> they wouldn't have been following him. I I went once went to Baltimore for the Watch the Throne tour, where it was the it was Kanye and Jay Z together, and and that was a great. You, you I mean, I guess where you're relating to Kanye is it a good concert experience. I will say, every time I've gone to a show, there's something memorable, right? You talk about great shows and all that. I, I he, so the Watch the Throne tour, that joint album he did with Jay Z. They went on an entire tour where they were on both levitating and extending stages that had LED screens on the side. And it would just kind of it was almost like a big, massive freaking Tetris column, right, where it just goes up and down. And so each would be on their respective side of the arena, full open atmosphere in the middle. So they would do songs together, sometimes on the same side of the arena, sometimes on opposite sides of the arena. But or they would go back and forth based on their own single artist songs. So over the course of three hours, you're getting almost like two and a half concerts, right? Because you're getting a Jay-Z show, you're getting a Kanye show, and you're doing and they're doing songs from the album together that they just put out at the time. So uh, I will say Kanye West, uh, as crazy as a dude as he can be, puts on a hell of a show. I think there's a little bit of he's crazy like a fox. I mean, seriously. I mean, I think he's a super smart guy. I mean, he may he goes way overboard at times, but I mean, I some of it I do believe is calculated, just my opinion. Oh, for I sure. Say, I mean, I can't. What's happening right now? I can't say is, but um, I do think that. One time I was at a show in Baltimore area. It was a it was, it was called Virgin Mobile Fest. It was a free concert festival with with massive massive. Um, so it was Virgin Mobile. They're trying to expand their brand. Obviously, it hasn't gone that well. Um, <laughs> who? Uh, <laughs> but they uh, they did a free festival uh, it uh, in Baltimore area, and it's escaping me now with regards to the racetrack they were on. It was it's one of the spots for the, the I thought it was Triple Crown. Um, but Kanye had to go against Nine Inch Nails, and I remember him two things. Uh, one, I feel like if I recall correctly, he got eaten by a monster on stage. Like he had like this thing in the background <laughs> that ate him like a guar show, like a guar concert where like they have like freaking beasts and oh, shit wow. and it ate him and it spat him back out later in the show. Thank God. Um, but he, I remember him going on like a very tame version of the stuff we see now on the internet where he just goes on these tangents and he was talking about how, he loves Trent Reznor, right? Nine Inch Nails, he loves Trent Reznor. And he can't believe that concert promoters would create conflict between him and Trent. Why would you put me against an all-time great like Nine Inch Nails when you know that fans like you want to see both? And it hurts me as an artist to have you have to only watch me when you could be watching Trent. And, and like he just went on this whole spiel. And I remember thinking like, that was really weird. You're kind of insane. I love what you're doing, <laughs> um, but I I need you to go back to you know rapping and singing and doing your thing. <laughs> yeah, 
I did not pay to get in here <laughs> to listen to you talk. Correct. <laughs> so you're Correct. right. We also paid for Trent Reznor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, it would be great if Trent Reznor was doing the same speech. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys know first and foremost for Trent Reznor is from Ohio don't know if you yeah. know that I did yeah. not know that I know Dave Grohl secondly he, yeah yeah and secondly Trent Reznor also much like uh Brandon from the Killers is like a total of five feet tall really yeah so there's at, a at, at a uh I was at it was one of uh it wasn't Lollapalooza Oh gosh, I can't remember what show I was at. It was an outdoor concert uh, festival atmosphere. It must have been. It might have been Virgin Mobile again. It had to have been. Henry Rollins was on stage earlier in the Henry day. Henry Rollins. Wow. Yes, tremendous show. Uh, just pure punk energy. And and my buddy that was with me is like, like it gets all weird on me. And I'm like, he's. I was like, dude, dude, what's your fucking problem? He goes, look to your right. And I'm like. Well, before I turn, what am I looking at? Like, what do you, what am I looking for? There's a whole crowd full of people. He goes, no, but seriously, like five feet away from you, look to your right. No shit. Trent Reznor and his wife. Just, just hanging out, watching Henry Rollins, man, just having the time of their lives. And, and, you know, I'm not a big, like, oh, celebrity, let me go hunt them down. Right. Like if they're, if they're in the middle of a moment, I'm not going to interrupt that. Right. He wants to watch a Henry Rollins show just like I do. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was crazy, man. I looked over and I'm like, Oh my God, he's a midget. He's like, I know it's crazy. Right. Um, and, I, and so it was, it was pretty wild, dude. You know, watching Henry Rollins with Trent Reznor. Good times. That's pretty pimp. You know what though? I'm the same way, man. I'm not autograph guy. I'd much rather, you know what, if, if you're close enough to have a moment, sweet, if not, who fucking cares? Like you said, they're, I, they're here to have a good time too. I was on an elevator with Jay-Z in Easton. Wait, what? No, I didn't. Yeah. And I, my buddy had, his wedding was at the Hilton in Easton. Yep. Right there, you know, that big, massive Hilton. And the same night, Jay-Z was doing a, must have been doing a concert down in Ohio State. That's what I assume anyway, or somewhere in the city. And um, his tour bus was parked in the, in the breezeway or the, the portico of the Hilton. And everyone's like, it's Jay-Z, it's Jay-Z, it's Jay-Z. I'm like, okay, great. Um, but my room key wouldn't work. and Something was wrong with a lock. But I kept going down and they keep giving me new room keys. And I went to get on the elevator. And Jay-Z's on the elevator with two of his bodyguards. And it's like 2 in the morning. And he, uh, I, had, like, I had my suit on, but I had taken the tie and kind of pulled it down. You know, unbuttoned the top of my shirt. Jay-Z is fashion. You know, he's trying to be like a fashion guy. Or, you know, has those, those moments. And he just says to me on the, on the elevator, he just says to me, hey, you need to fix your tie. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what? He's like, you need to fix your tie. And this was the, at the, this, he, the rumors were that he was dating Beyonce. Like that was the big, everybody's like, he's dating Beyonce. They're together together. And you know, then nobody, neither side was acknowledging it at the time, but that was a huge rumor mill. And you guys know what a smart ass I am. I, I'm not joking. I'm dead. 100% dead serious. I was two seconds away from going, well, Beyonce likes it. Um, <laughs> But and, and my, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm being dead serious. I mean, I told my wife when after I got off the elevator, and um, and uh, he was just chilling. I mean, he had a long. He's done with his concert. It's a long night. He's trying, you know, just trying to go to get some rest or whatever. He's got two bodyguards on there, and um, bigger than he was. He wasn't. He wasn't very much bigger than me, um, from what I can remember. It really didn't seem like he was that much bigger. Maybe he is. I don't know. I mean, he's not a um, big guy. He's kind of tall though. No. Isn't he? But I mean, he's not. Uh, maybe, 
Like, no, no, no. Yeah, I meant like height-wise. I don't oh, think okay. he was very much taller than me. Um, I could be wrong, though. And um, we got to my floor because he was going up to like, you know, he, I think he probably had the whole top floor of the hotel. And um, I just said, hey, man, it was a real pleasure to meet you. And I shook his hand. And he's like, yeah, pleasure to meet you, too. And I got off the, and I got off the elevator. So real, real just laid back dude. But again, he just got done with a concert. He's probably exhausted. So that's my only, uh, that's my only claim to fame. I only brush with celebrity, as they say. Really, Mike? Yep. Mike, you got any celebrity meetups? I know this is off topic, but um, all right. So I can give you a couple. One is before I would have known, but um, so I. I don't know if that counts. I'll, I'm going to say it anyway. Um, yeah, you're like fuck you, man. I'm yeah, going to do it. This is, this is Marshall Mathers, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I. Uh, so when I was born, I was in, I was in Billboard magazine. Um, so a year later for my, like all nude and whatnot with flowers, like an, like an <laughs> oh, yeah. baby or what? Full, full dong. Um, <laughs> just a little blurb. Cause my on the da- cover. Cause my dad was a concert promoter. Um, so for my first birthday party, David Copperfield wanted to be the entertainment. Um, Whoa. but, but he, my dad used to manage David Copperfield. Um, he wanted to bring cameras and make it a production. And my dad was like, no, fuck you. Like at that time, people were, um, people were kidnapping, you know, people's kids and, you know, just getting money and, you know, giving them back. But, you know, so my dad, my dad wanted no part of that. So that, that's one kind of cool thing that David Copperfield, you know, thought I was a, a good enough looking kid, which obviously changed, but a good enough looking kid that he wanted to do a special at my birthday party. Wow. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, and then, so I'm going to go in a different direction. I don't, to me, this is one of the most famous names because of his significance. Um, but probably the most, so I'm, it was a guy by the name of Bill Graham who, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. The biggest concert promoter of all time. He was one of my dad's business partners. So I refer to him as uncle Bill. Um, so that, you know, was pretty cool because you know the the more as the older i got unfortunately he passed away when i was still pretty young um to realize the cultural significance of the fillmore and the fillmore you know well fillmore east and um you know all you know the huge shows he was a part of like yeah that was a guy i was actually pretty close with so that's pretty freaking cool and here i thought you were gonna tell me billy graham the evangelical yeah yeah um, i do not <laughs> think he would have given me the time of day <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty cool though to your point with regards to the Fillmore. yeah i mean that's um you know so again like is he the most famous that i've probably that i've met no um but just of significance hell yeah and then at the national championship game i met bill walton and i thought that was the greatest freaking thing dude that wait he was at that game yeah so we're sitting there um, actually my wife was in the bathroom and I'm sitting there and you know, he's just got that deep voice and he said something and I'm like, Holy shit. And actually, um, yeah, never mind. I don't remember the other guy's name, but, um, yeah. So I'm just like, Oh, Bill Wald. And he's like, you know, gives me kind of a, a wave. And I'm just like, I just looked at the guy beside me. I'm like, I just said hello to Bill Walton. <laughs> at this point i could give a fuck about the championship game <laughs> i love it why did why was he there i mean clearly he has no connection to either school right no you're right because he went to ucla so i have no yeah. idea what but he was there he is a massive man um oh i'll bet 
I mean, just, you know, I'm fucking five, eight. So I'm looking up at him. I'm just like, and, and so, you know, my wife comes back from the bathroom and I'm, I'm all excited. And she's like, who's fucking Bill Walton? And I'm like, oh my no, no, God, you don't, you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I looked over the stall. I saw all of him and he is tremendous. <laughs> And it, it it does it does tap his knee when he walks. It's incredible. I looked so, over the partition and I saw Jesus. That's all I'm saying. So how about you, man? What's yours? Uh, you know, I've been actually super lucky in this sense. Um, I'd say, well, there's one where you know, as far as claim fame, non musical was the Magic Johnson experience out in San Diego. Oh, where I got yeah, a chance to, sweet. you know, we got the hookup there uh, Hell yeah. through, through work, et cetera. Um, from a musical experience, I remember when I was a aspiring musician myself in high school. Um, and uh, we went to a, the, a Lincoln Park show. Um, and it was probably about two year, you know, 2099 area, right when they started. And um, it was still when they were coming out after shows to meet and greet all of their audience members that were sticking around. And I remember talking to Mike Shinoda. I said, hey, dude, like, I want to someday do what you do. Like, th- this means a lot to me. Um, and, and he says, so what are you trying to do to get there? And we talked about, you know, and one of my, the guys that was in a band with me was like, we talked about, you know, we're doing demos, we're doing that. And he goes, here, let me give you a tip. You know, things are moving to electronic music as far as like, and he didn't mean like EDM. He was talking about like, you know, as far as distribution, right? You know, sending a person a demo was going out. You need to be sending them like links to streaming sites. And I know there wasn't a lot back in the late 90s, right? But even like a MySpace. Um, He talked about, you know, building an online presence um, and also uh, sending them digital files. Don't send them cassette tapes, man. They're not listening to that. You know, find ways to send them digital files of what you're doing. And he goes, because that's where music's going. That's the way people are listening to music, at least at, at upper levels of the music industry. And, 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 you know, just continue to hone your craft. And he introduced me to every member of Linkin Park that night. Oh, wow. That's um, sweet. I, to this day, I have a, a drum uh, stick signed by the entire band. Every single member of the band signed it. And, and he was so, it was like having a big brother. Like I, I literally just met the guy talk about like, you know, like, Hey, you know, here's what this guy, you know, here's what he brings to our band. Like you got to find the right people to collaborate with and just continue to grind. You know, he talked about, and it was very much a weird, it was a strange coaching session from a guy that I never met in my life. Um, and, and all I had shared with him was that I had a dream, man. So it was, that was, that was absolutely tremendous. Um, uh, and that's from a pure like music production and writing perspective. The second thing, um, and it was a very nice little romantic story. Uh, thankfully, my wife's upstairs because it was in a relationship far beyond she and I ever becoming in contact with each other. But uh, a gentleman by the name of Jason Mraz, um, I went to a show of his in Cleveland, right? And I and I wow. met and, yeah, exactly fucking Jason Mraz yeah. dashboard confessional. <laughs> I think Fucking we're docking. I mean, I've, we've hit some pretty embarrassing shit on this. <laughs> no kidding. My fucking testosterone level just dropped by like 38 points. I gave you a Lincoln Park in the middle, goddammit. And a Trent yeah, Reznor. <laughs> but um, so I met, I met, it was before his release, it was, it was during the tour of his release of his second album. Um, and I met him in Cleveland. So it was funny. Me and a buddy go up to Cleveland. We go to this Jason Mraz show. And this random chick grabs us in a very chaste and very, you know, pro- professional way. But says, like, hey, uh, would you guys like to meet 
Jason Mraz. And like, well, we're here at the show for him. For, absolutely. And, and I, you know, I'm a skeptical. I'm a cynic. And I was like, what do I got to do? Like, I, you know, I'm not interested in signing up for anything. Like, I, I don't know what, what you're going to what your ask is. And she goes, I need you to just trust me. Follow. If you sign this waiver and follow me, you'll get to meet the man. And I said, are you sure you're not going to like beat and rape us in this alley? Like I'm very sketchy on this because part of it, part of it was that we had to leave the venue and I'm like, there's no re-entry. Like if I leave here, I'm definitely not going to see him unless like this is legit. And she goes, would you sit, quit being a, a puss and uh, just come with me? And uh, you know, I was like, fuck fine, let's go. So, Interestingly enough, before I had left Columbus, I had written on the back of a business card, my name, the girl I was seeing, her name, and our favorite song. I don't know what inspired me to do it. I just did it. I put it in my back pocket. And and so we go through, and it's a meet and greet for fucking Jason Mraz, a, a, the local radio uh, station in, in Cleveland that was promoting that show. They had some concert winners that didn't show up. So, of course, they need to build buzz. They want to take pictures of people talking about the end of the show, et cetera, et cetera. So they had empty slots. And they just, luckily enough, they grabbed me and my buddy. And so I do a meet and greet with Jason Mraz. There's actually pictures of us taken, I believe. I don't know if they're still on the Internet, but they were for this uh, this radio station for a while. And I, I grab and I say, hey, man, I'm going to go to the show, your show in Cincinnati tomorrow with my girlfriend. Um, would you mind doing me a massive favor? He goes, sure, I'll do whatever. And I said, here's my business card. Look on the back. It's my name, her name, and our favorite song. It was, it was, it was a song he hadn't played on tour for you know years. I mean, because I, I was a deep Jason Mraz fan. Again, we're revealing a lot of stuff here amongst the three of us and anyone that chooses oh, to yeah, listen. <laughs> um, I, I had his like original demos and shit from San Diego when it was just him and a guitar. So clearly I'm really into guys, just, just a guy and a guitar, just sharing their feelings. Okay. Right? Wow. Um, <laughs> and, and he says, dude, I would be, I would be thrilled to do it. Now keep in mind, the man is going to play the fucking Cintas center the next night. He's doing the house of blues in Cleveland. He's doing the Cintas center in Cincinnati. I, I'm like, there's no fucking way the man goes out with just a guitar completely interrupts his set to play this song. So I'm thinking, I don't know what's going to happen. So anyways, I come back to Columbus that night. The next day, I leave from Cincinnati, meet up with the girl I'm seeing at the time. And we go, we go to Cincinnati, we do the thing. I find, so, so one of the people I befriended in line for this meet and greet was one of his stage crew guys. And I, lit, I saw him in the, uh, in the arena. I saw him in the general space and I grab him like, dude, it's, you know, I, we met last night. Do you remember me? He goes, yes. He's like, what's up, man? It's good to see you. I was like, holy shit. You came two no nights in a row. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I said, listen, Jason agreed to do something for me tonight. I don't know if he's actually going to do it, but I wrote him a thank you card, thanking him for doing it proactively. And I said, if you don't mind, please, please give this to Jason before he goes on station night. And it was literally a thank you card for making this memory for me and my girlfriend, et cetera, et cetera. I, even if you don't do it, right? Please yeah. just yeah. know that I appreciated you agreeing to do it. I know you, you've you got your oh. own thing. You're trying to promote your album, et cetera, et cetera. And no shit, halfway through his set, the curtains close. He step up. It's just him and his, his drummer on, on, on some bongos, right? And they go into, he goes, this goes out to my buddy, Jason, and his, and, and his lady love, Katie, out in, you know, out, out in the crowd tonight. I swear to God, your wife better not listen to this, or you're <laughs> fucked. 
You are and, so fucked. And he plays this. this fucking song. Oh my god! Uh, it, it was it was crazy, dude. It was absolutely um, incredible, incredible, incredible. Anal? Did you get anal? Well, no. On that one? No, no. I mean, it's not that incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, like he he fucking killed it, yeah. man. That was it was incredible. Yeah. I just you're, couldn't believe it. You, your wife cannot listen to this episode. <laughs> no, she actually oh. already knows that story. She doesn't love that story oh. naturally. But uh, oh yeah, but doesn't Why love the story, you? but she knows the story. Yeah, that. yeah, fucking tell it. Go ahead. <laughs> I fucking dare you to tell it. Yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, please, dude. That's awesome, though. That's an awesome story. Oh my god! Like you talk about like just kind of just magical moments, dude. Um, yeah. It's okay. She's got her story with Dave Chappelle. Nothing dirty, but like she she was she did her uh, she did her uh, bridal shower in Yellow Springs. He was at the same venue, and she he was he offered his con- his congratulations, etc. So she's got her own moment. It's fine. Everyone's got their moment. <laughs> I mean. Dave Chappelle office graduation. You have an ex girlfriend, <laughs> like called out say, at a national arena. Uh, it's a little different, and I love Dave Chappelle. Did she and is talented, like, but did she snort a line yeah. off his dick. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the only way this thing equals out in the long run. There's no fucking way. Like, hey, Dave Chappelle said, "Congratulations, I'm getting married." Really, because my ex girlfriend had her name called out in front of forty thousand fucking people. <laughs> You know how much, and he played a song for, for her that he had. Yeah, he played a song for her he hadn't done in thirty years. Oh. It's amazing. <laughs> There's no way those two fucking equal. And I love Dave Chappelle. Tomato, tomato, Dave. Tomato, tomato. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, this oh she's cool with it. She said hello to Dave she Chappelle had, once. She had her moment. She had five seconds with him. It's cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's like me saying you had your moment. You were on the elevator with Jay Z, like for <laughs> fucking thirteen seconds. Oh man, this was good shit, man. They, like, it, yeah, absolutely. Looking at the time, yeah. like it doesn't feel like we've been going at it for this long. No, I agree. <laughs> that's what my wife says. Whoa! Um, hey now! Oh, boom! Oh, boom! Yeah. Boom! Yeah. What a way to end it. I know. <laughs> I'm on this. I'm on the. I'm the rant from the fucking Morantz version to Dave Chappelle hello no I mean Jason thanks for coming on man this is why this is why we love having you on man it's always a good time absolutely thanks man thanks guys storyteller you know I I couldn't think of anybody that would be better to have this conversation with man thanks brother I appreciate it Uh, anytime you know again tell your talent booker to call me whenever he feels like it (laughs) we'll we'll figure it out yeah (laughs) it was my we yeah we'll have him text you We'll have one of them. We'll have one of them text you. Appreciate it. Um, no, no, appreciate no, yeah, it, man. Thanks for thanks for coming on. I think when we talked about concerts, I think we were gonna do concerts last week, and and Mike was like, "Oh no, we got to get Jason on. We got it, just you have to get Jason on." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." Um, and then we, well, we texted you last week, and you're like, yeah. "Ah, sorry, I've got it was date night or something." Yeah. See, um, see, I'm still making up for that fucking story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's fucking date night everywhere. So, um, all right, so, man. So, but uh, no. So I'm glad you could glad you could join. Definitely, it was a, it was a good time. Awesome. So, all right, guys. So Th- that's it. Thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, for thanks Mike. Me. Thanks, Jason. Later.